This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personal Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. And I've got, I've got some sad news that I'm sure a lot of you know. Some legit sad news. Norm MacDonald died today. Yeah, 61 I saw that. years old. It's pretty young. Yeah. Apparently been battling cancer for nine years without telling anybody seems like a very norm mcdonald thing to do that um kind of reminds me and i'm, I'm blanking on his name i really shouldn't but it reminds me of the actor that played black panther oh man i'm blanking on his name too yeah yeah because he was battling cancer too and like was not I, telling anybody about it i think he shot like that, that last movie, um, and like in stage cancer, it was, it was bad. Yeah. He was, he was undergoing treatment, uh, during the last movie. Yep. Um, Chadwick Boseman. Yes. Chadwick Boseman. Golly. Yeah, fantastic. I, I on his name too. Anyways. So, so yeah, right before you called me, I was, I was watching some old Norm Macdonald clips. And if, if you guys haven't gone down this rabbit hole before, I suggest you do it, especially his appearances on Conan or Letterman, where he tells these really weird jokes, super long-winded jokes with extremely <laughs> silly punchlines. So my, my, uh, my favorites were his appearances on Saturday, Saturday Night Live doing Celebrity Jeopardy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was an excellent Burt Reynolds. It was always like a very specific, not even Smoking the Bandit 1, but Smoking the Bandit 2 Burt Reynolds, I believe, like 1982 Burt Reynolds. Um, always got a kick out of that. The whole Turd Ferguson thing, everything. Yeah, good times. Good All right. times. Yeah. Th- so RIP Norm. RIP Norm. We are, we got lots of football to talk about as always at this time of year. We're going to do our, just a final, final wrap on the SFA game now that we've got stats available, some it's still weird that like we still don't have the full complement of stats that we normally have after a game. Like we don't have the drives, um, but yeah, we've got, I noticed that too. Anyways, we, we got most of them. The stat broadcast at Texas tech still shows seven to 13. Uh, anyways, we, we do have enough stats to do what we want to do to wrap up the SFA game. We're going to obviously get you prepared, give the uh, Florida international preview get you ready for the game this weekend. Talk about the rest of the big 12 and those lines get to what you guys want to see and what we learned as always guys, you can follow us on Twitter at 23 personnel at punts 
suck and at Michael underscore LBK. You can follow us on Instagram and Michael every Saturday morning, 10 to noon over there on KKAM.com. Talk 103.9 FM, 1340 AM and AM 960 in San Angelo on Rob Bro's College Tailgate Show. Gracious enough to host us. He had Kyle Jacobson in there, his co-host last week. Sorry, Kyle Jacobson last week joined us. Rob's co-host on the Gambling Gaujos podcast. If you haven't listened to that, it's a fantastic dive into the world of sports gambling specifically football, specifically college football. But yeah, we're on there 10 to noon. I almost said nine to noon, 10 to noon, Saturday mornings. Also, Michael, you know where else they can find us? Where's that? Where's that, my man? Spotify green room post games 30 minutes after the last whistle, final whistle going live over on Spotify green room to do our post game instant reaction podcast. We had a, another handful of guys join us. We actually had somebody brave enough to speak up and want to want to talk with us this week. Thanks, Brian. Shout out to Brian. Shout out to Brian, Kyle. We, we need to get him uh, to turn his mic on. Kyle Lang. He, he's a follower, contributor, interactor. He tweets, Lots of cool things. Lots of great things to the show. Got but a good question for us tonight. He does. Way. But like Kyle, join us on, on, on the green room, man. Come up on stage. Share your postgame thoughts with us. Then the rest of the guys. Um, I'm blank on the names because it was like we were I was so focused on how frustrating the game was. There was like eight of us in there. It was great. Spotify green room is the live audio only sports talk platform for you to download and to use. Talk to us. Other fans. And insiders in real time, perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. All you got to do is download the Spotify Green Room app. It's free in the iOS and Google Android app stores. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Follow me, Spencer Rogers, or Michael McDonald to be notified when we go live. We'll be live Saturday. This Saturday be Saturday night, probably close to 10 o'clock again. 30 minutes or so after the final whistle come with your spiciest takes. Oh, sorry. I had to lean all the way over there to the quarter to look where we were at. All right, Michael, are you ready to talk about yes. some football? All right, let's do it. I think so. All right. They go four up top. They throw the fade to Fasher. Caught. Touchdown. With Tom delivered. off to Marcus Fields down the sideline. Touchdown, Red Raiders. 97 yards. Harrell back to throw, going deep down the sideline for Robert Johnson. And oh, he got it. Touchdown, oh. Robert Johnson. Touchdown, Red Raiders. Take a shot to the end zone. It's a touchdown to Reginald Davis. All day to throw. Over the top, Jakeem Graham. Touchdown, Texas Tech. Second down now. Deep strike. Got the big man. Country. Horsley. And touchdown. Red Raiders with a second to go. Let the scoring begin. 
Yes, Michael, let the scoring begin. Thanks, Brent Musburger. Because 28 points in an SFA, I ain't going to do it, man. It almost didn't that's do it this weekend. Get, no, that's not going to get it done. And and the way you get those 20 points, um, you know, you, you go into it here. It's we, we touched on it on the podcast. It was or on the on the instant reaction. OK, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with bite and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. We didn't see any intermediate plays, or not, a, or not very much. And I know that I think Ezukama was targeted 10 times, and the rest of the receivers were targeted six. It's just obvious where the ball's going. I want you to tell me what type of offense you see that we have right now. Well, it's uh, boomer bust is what I, 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 I put in the notes here. Because regardless of it going to easy, if it's not going to easy, then it's, it's, um, it's, we're running the ball, which is great. I, I, I love that Texas Tech is running the ball. Um, you're doing really well on the ground. And that's one point that I would actually like to see Texas Tech do more of. Sonny Cumbie call more runs. Um, but in terms of like drives where you're scoring, it's not a sustained drive. And I don't, that's, it's only a bad thing when you consider like you can't rely on the big explosive play to sustain your offense. Like this is not how your offense will play and be successful all year long. I wonder if it's even more punctuated or uh, emphasized or exaggerated or whatever word you want to use there because of the first two opponents that tech played, the opposing offenses were able to do just that. The opposing offenses were able to go for 13 play drives to kill nine minutes of clock or 16 play drives or 11 or whatever. I mean, even Stephen F Austin had at least three drives, I think over 10 plays. I'm not positive about that. Like you said, we can't, really look up all the stats we're normal to normally able to look up. But I think that makes it even worse. That makes you realize, dang, why can't we do that? You know, why, why, why are we punting on third and eight or not third and eight? Why, why can't, you know, why would, why do we have a third and eight? And then nothing happens or it's an incomplete deep pass or 
it's a rush for one and a half yards or, or something. Why can't we sustain a drive like we've seen Stephen F. Austin do and like we've seen Houston do? And spoiler alert, like it's not a knock on the defense necessarily as much. Uh, the, the only knock on the defense was something that we'll get to a little bit more later, but Wells mentioned today that they just, they made the fourth downs too manageable, but I mean, fourth and three, fourth and four, that's not super manageable. Yeah. It's, it's not just, like you've, you've got an opponent who's got a different mindset and a coach who's coming in aggressively and hats off to him, man. We'll talk about him a little bit more too, but Carthel came in aggressively wanting to win the ball game, not just be a, a practice dummy. But I, I think that this is a legit concern because all of Tech's drives were set up by at least one, or all of their scoring drives mm-hmm. were set up by at least one explosive play. And we have not seen one of those sustained 12, 12 play drives that just kills clock. And, that, and that's not a Tech thing anyway. No, it's but, not. Yeah, and it's, I mean, slants are, you know, <laughs> drags across the middle are, are a tech thing. Um, there's, there's a lot of ways to get some short yard, you know, throwing to the running back. I mean, that, there's different ways that you can, that tech has been able to move the ball in short yarded situations. And, and, and to be, you know, completely fair to, to shock and to come whatever. Um, it's not like these explosive plays through the air are deep shots down the sideline. Like it's not that like when Ezu Kanma has a 75 yard touchdown against SFA, was it a bomb? Like it was a, yeah, that was, that was between, it was a post, think, it? right? It was like a, like a 10 or 15 yard post that he, he got. And I, I don't know if it was designed this way or if it was like the other receiver ran a bad route. The inside receiver basically ran up the seam and took the nickel guy with him and like a safety. And then Ezu Kanma, on his post route came in underneath them where there was some space, caught the ball and then broke it. Um, same thing on, on that long, two long plays he had against Houston. There were completions near the line of scrimmage that he broke and ran for 50 yards. And then obviously the, the runs that you're breaking, those aren't explosive runs just by the fact that, you know, Taj Brooks broke a 67 yarder. Like that was well-timed ran right behind a blitz, which I thought was a beautiful thing to see ran at the blitzer got behind him, And then there was nobody there. Um, so like I said, it's not that like Cumbie's saying we're, we're running four verts all day and we're just chucking it deep. Like it's not that guy from Presbyterian college that never punts and never, you know, always goes for two and always kicks on side. Um, but like every, so like, it's weird to complain about having an explosive offense. Um, but you just don't see the consistency elsewhere when, you know, you're not having to rely on Ezukanma to break a, a swing pass 50 yards. So it's, it's, to, it's just a weird, weird spot to be like, our offense yes. is too explosive. <laughs> sure. Sure. I mean, it's, it's, like you said, it's it's um it's boomer bust. It's kind of feast or famine. It's super exciting those explosive plays that have come out of the last or the first two games. But you you can't live by that. It's kind of 
I, I don't know. It's just, it's close to the live by the three, die by the three mentality. But of course, then the Golden State Warriors came along and sort of um, the Houston Rockets and, you know, a bunch of other teams that lived by the three just fine. But I don't know if it's it, – it is concerning because technically and on paper, Texas Tech should be able to – move the ball at will and avoid punting as much as possible against an FCS team at home. And that's not what we saw. So I think we're really grasping at what is, is this a bigger problem than what we're used to seeing is Chuck unable to hit his other receivers at all. Um, you know, I wanted to throw a few of that in there. He was, he was 12 of 22 and you had this in our notes, the lowest completions and attempts in several years, I, I think it dated back to what, 2000 or 2001 or something like it's that. Something like I mean, that it, yeah. It was a long time. Like um, Shuck played the, the full game and had 22 pass attempts. Yes. That's. And if you take out Ezukama's contribution to the passing attack, which was 80% of his yards, that was 80% of the passing yards in general were Ezukama. But Shuck went six for 16 for 31 yards to the other receivers. It's only 5.1 yards per catch. Okay, now there's your short yardage catches right there. I guess that was it. That was all we were going to get. We are going to get six of them over the course of, of course, 20, only 20 minutes um, on the time of possession. But, man, it just, it just felt really limited and if they needed eight yards, you just were like, well, they're either going to get 23 or zero. It's, there was no in between. You just didn't know what they were going to do. Yeah. Um, and like, again, it's hard to fault Shuck too. Like when you've got a receiver like Ezu Kanma that is averaging 25 yards per catch, it would like if he wasn't throwing it as a coming, like what the hell is he doing? You've got an NFL receiver over here making people look like idiots. Why are we not throwing to him? But on the flip side, when you look at it, he's like Ezukanma accounts for 80% of the passing yards, all passing yards this season, 80%, 322 yards receiving yards for Ezukanma. Tyler Shuck has 405 on the year. Also, well, you had that 80% stat in there. I thought it was just for no, it's for uh, the season SFA. It's for the year. Okay. That makes sense. The other thing that I, I want to point out and like I had to, I had to like really think about this for a second. Shuck has thrown two touchdowns this year. He's only thrown two. Oh, wow. Now we've run for six. This <laughs> so was like, I'm okay with that. But like, it's also strange to say a quarterback two games into the season, including an FCS opponent has 29 completions for 405 yards, two touchdowns. Like that's a more game. Interceptions than touchdowns, doesn't he? No, it's two. His oh, two touchdowns, had, two interceptions. Oh yeah. He, for some reason I thought he had an interception against Houston. He didn't like his, his season stats so far through two games sound like a game stat that we're kind of used to hearing. 29 of 46, 405 yards, 63% completion, two touchdowns, two interceptions, three sacks. It's like, huh, well, <laughs> he kind of had an off day. Well, that's two games. 
<laughs> and like the the running game, um, like it's it's another thing where it's like I I know you can't just pound it and have the same success, but Taj Brooks, who's been your number one running back, so it's not like he's a change of pace guy that comes in and like breaks a bunch of long runs because they're so used to getting punched in the mouth by Strogic Thompson, whatever Brooks is averaging over nine yards per carry. Xavier white eight and a half yards per carry. The, the two of them combined for what? Like 330 rushing yards through two games. I would say that, yeah, you, you want to kind of distribute the ball through the air a little bit more to, to Geiger, to price, um, Koontz, Dalton Rigdon, maybe, Dalton yeah, Rigdon, but like also like tight ends never were targeted. They haven't been targeted since Houston. If your running back is averaging nine yards a carry, run it until he's not running nine yards per carry. Like that's a stupid, uh, uh, same with Ezukanma averaging 25 yards per catch. I don't know. Like it's, it's, it's a weird place to be in to have like such great numbers and also be so inefficient in, in, in just like long stretches of the game. Um, defense. When you, when you, when at the end of the day, when you talk about not putting away an FCS opponent and it being a one score game and them having the, you know, first and goal, within a, you know, a minute left in the game that potentially could have won the game for them. You kind of like, well, what was the defense doing? Well, okay. So 22 points total on, on, on the night, seven of those were a pick six. So the defense gave up 15. And then you realize like SFA did not have to have a long extended drive to score. I think all of their scoring drives the other 15 points they had the one touchdown and what three field goals. They, mm-hmm. those, those drives started in plus territory because of turnovers from Texas tech. You were minus three in this game. Like you were plus three against Houston. Like you were complete opposite. Those short fields, like one was that fourth down that <laughs> Chuck fumbled and it went 30 yards backwards and, you had offensive lineman trying to pick it up and kicked it further downfield. You had the muffed punt, um, you had deep interception, but you gave up 15 points, which is not great, but it, it, it feels better than like it wasn't the defense's fault. And then you look at the rushing, the rush defense for the second game in a row. You're like, wow, they actually did really well. 32 rush yards on 29 attempts, barely more than one yard per carry. Again, you know, I, I mentioned, I mentioned it on the show and it was honestly on Rob Rose college tailgate 10 to noon on Saturdays. I mentioned <laughs> we, we, we predict a player of the week and I threw Jalen Hutchings out there just kind of like as a hopeful speak, laugh, make it happen kind of thing. Uh, because I wanted some pressure on the quarterback and that was something that they still didn't really do until that last drive. And Hutchings was all over the place. Now, of course, it was kind of to make up for the extremely ill-timed and probably accidental face mask that can turn to a second and 30 to first and 10. 
but I think the way they were unable to rush the ball speaks to how well the line played at least up front on, um, on stopping that they were, they did not have a lot of success getting to the quarterback, but, and and to do it for 40 minutes. Yes. A lot of it was self-inflicted because sure. Well, if they just gotten a fourth down stop, you know, then they wouldn't have been out there for so long. Well, okay, that's true, but they were, and they continued to play that hard when the game was on the line. Um, and just getting crap for field position over and over and over and still limiting them to only one offensive touchdown. And that last drive may have been one of their longest, most, most like longest sustained drives SFA had on the night. And you can kind of get behind, like at that point in the game, having, having been on the field for 35 minutes. Yeah. Like you can kind of see, but then when it mattered, your defensive line stepped up. Uh, I mean, we, I, I don't want to be a hundred percent Homer here and say you, you probably wink, wink got away with a, a holding at the very least on the fourth down play. The targeted receiver looked like he was just bear hugged at the line of scrimmage and self threw him the ball. Maybe, maybe even like anticipating the call, right? Like on fourth down, you see that you throw it at him like, Oh, well that's, that's pass interference. It's first down the three plays before that you, you drove him back. Like it was, Hutchings and uh, Morgenstern, like there was a pass out to the flat or whatever that he just blew, the, like he destroyed the receiver. Um, and maybe, maybe I'm I'm confusing that with a different drive, but I think there was a handoff where they both tackled both guys. Yeah, that that just to be safe. That I may have been earlier the in the drive. Yeah, like <laughs> they had two guys in the backfield. Like, I don't know where the ball is. We're just going <laughs> to, you get him, I'll get the other guy. Um, But dang, I mean, for, for all, all the reasons that we've mentioned, you know, you had a huge disparity in time of possession again. Your defense didn't fade again. Like it got close and you needed a, you know, goal line stand but I think the, the, the theme of the weekend is like, it's better to be on, on this side of what happened than on the other side. There were eight FCS teams that overcame or uh, upset an FBS team this so far this year. Um, it's good to yeah, be on the side where better to, to that yeah, you to held not, to on not be a Florida state fan. Yeah. It, better be on the, on this side than, than, you know, than the defense collapsing or being on the melt, like the side of the meltdown of, of Houston last week. Um, so penalties again, it didn't, I mean, it felt more the majority of like just untimely. Like you had, a, you had a couple that were like the, the face mask on Hutchings that on second and 30 that gave him a first down without getting the yardage for a first down. Um, as Ukonma got fired for an unsportsmanlike for dancing after his, 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 his touchdown in the first quarter, it was like, I didn't, it didn't stand him long enough to, to, for me to say like, well, that was inappropriate or whatever. I didn't see the actual penalty against Stormont, but he got flagged for unsportsmanlike and then he got ripped apart on the sideline for it. 
Um, I had never seen, and who knows, maybe Wells has done that before and it just hadn't been caught, but wow. Uh, I know there are a lot of people out there who appreciate that style of coaching and didn't think he was doing it. Well, I think he is when he needs to. I don't know what Stormont did because the ESPN Plus, as nice as it is to know that your game's going to start when your game's going to start and it's you don't have to s- switch around channels, it is kind of frustrating just because the quality is a significant drop-off. The, the replays were really, especially for penalties and stuff like that, I think the the higher tier places would have had a little bit quicker on the draw on showing some of these Oh, well, that's why he was penalized. Because I'm like you. I don't know what Azukama did. I don't know what Stormont did. And it was just, they just kept on rolling. I mean, they, they focused on Wells for like 30 seconds instead of maybe going back and showing what the penalty was on Stormont. But who knows? I mean, it, yeah, it, six for 70, they added up pretty quickly. Um, but, I'm hoping, I mean, because they were sandwiched. The two worst ones were at the very beginning and the very end of the game. So really outside of that, there were four thrown in there. Uh, I'm hoping that stuff was just kind of one-offs. I'm, I know for a fact, I'm sure Hutchings did not mean to rip the rip self. No. It, yeah, like it was just. There's no way. He was just reaching for something and then it was like too late. Things were just happening. Physics took over and it was, oh, oh boy. He, he, I, I just like, ripped his helmet off. <laughs> he may have been reaching out to grab his shoulder or whatever to, to turn his body. Oh, sure. And his, yeah. his hand was just higher. I, I don't, I have a hard time blaming him. Like it just, it was just unfortunate timing, right? That it was, it was one of those where you just went, of course, of course, that's when that would happen. <laughs> I wasn't ever upset with him personally. I was no. just like, of course, that's when a, a face mask or something would happen is on a second 30 <laughs> with, you know, the game's kind of surprisingly on the line. And, um, you know, luckily Stephen F. Austin, I don't know if they'd burned their last time out by that point or not, but it was getting closer and closer to, well, dang, Wells has got to start calling timeouts so that Tech will have a chance if they score here. Yeah. So obviously the game ended 28-22. Our predictions, I gave a 52-10. to 10. Um, And... So I, I, I didn't get the Texas Tech offense points on like I did last week. I'm so sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, if you take away the pick six, I was pretty close. Five points away. Michael was closer on, 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 both, um, on both points. 45-13. If you take away the pick six, Michael was just a field goal away from nailing that. Or actually two points away. Um, so... Last little bit, wrap it up. Uh, you mentioned head coach Colby Carthel, uh, very good at Twitter after the game was very gracious, um, and, and complimented the atmosphere, uh, and their time in Lubbock. Um, it's linked in the show notes. If you want to go see it, let me see if I'll pull up real quick and let you know what he said. Congrats, Tech Tech Football, on a hard-fought victory last night as hashtag Pack the Jones was rocking. It was great to see many, so many family and friends, many of whom are Texas Tech grads. Best of luck to the Red Raiders the rest of the year. And make sure y'all beat Texas, especially in men's basketball. This this dude has got a new fan in me, for sure. (laughs) He's campaigning to be the next head coach at Texas Tech. Let's put it that way. 
he's yeah, winning over the fans he, now. He's just he's just not cl- yeah he's not closing the door. He's he's leaving that bridge there. He's not he's not burning the bridge at all. He's actually kind of reinforcing it. Uh, you know, adding adding a couple extra trusses just to make sure it's all right. But I mean, hats off to him and his team. They were prepared. They were ready to play. Uh, they set the tone early as to how they were going to play that game. And you know, it'd be a different game if they'd kicked the field goal on their first drive instead of because apparently they have a pretty lights out field goal kicker. He was, I think, perfect for the night. So, you know, we, we'd be looking at a completely different game had yep. they been driving down 28-25 or something. Um, just, I, I don't even want to think about it. But hats off to Carthel. Had his guys ready. One of my favorite tidbits during the broadcast was a replay of him after they'd beaten Abilene Christian. Who any win against Abilene Christian, I I will celebrate. That's just fantastic. I love to see the Wildcats lose. I'm from the Abilene area. Can't stand ACU. So anyway, they beat ACU, who's an FBS team. And Coach Carthel proceeded to celebrate by taking off his shirt on the field, <laughs> surrounded by his players and swinging it around. It was great. I just I just loved it. All right. Last little bit I want to get to um, their quarterback, Trey Self. Uh, 38 for 53, 343 yards, one touchdown last week against Tarleton state. He spread the ball around. No receiver caught more than three passes, but the guy uh, that Matt well said, you need to watch out for this guy. He's legit. Xavier Gibson had 13 catches for 158 yards, more than 12 yards per catch. Um, I do wish, I do wish we could have, caught a little bit more stats because I think that uh, self's passing the receivers were just nickel and diamond. I felt like the whole first half, Yep, six, six yards, seven yards or something. And then they started opening up a little bit more in the second half and, and getting a little bit further downfield. Yeah. The other thing we were talking about, um, we were looking for the return for Strodrick Thompson to get a couple plays in ruled out before the start of the game. Um, I would expect heading into this game this weekend against Florida international. He will get a few snaps. He like, he, he may be the starter, but he may not play the full game. Um, so we'll look forward to that. Florida international coming to town this weekend. Did not know they're out of Miami, but they are, uh, coached by Butch Davis. Yeah. This guy's been around, man. He was, um, I was like, man, what, how do I know this guy's name? And then I started looking at his resume and here's how you know it. He was an assistant, on the Cowboys staff in Dallas and I may have that year wrong, but it was at least I think I thought it was 89 to 94, but I have 84. So I can't, I'm that may be wrong. Um, went from there to, to be at the, I think it was 89 cause he, he followed Jimmy Johnson to Dallas. And so then in 95, after his stint in Dallas, he went and coached in Miami. So the he's in Miami. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, 95 to 2000, Cleveland Browns head coach, 01 to 04. Took a hiatus after the Browns job because who wouldn't? Came back to coach North Carolina, 07 to 2010. Took a seven-year hiatus from at least head coaching and signed on at Florida International in 2017. Back in Miami. So Butch Davis, he's been around. He's been everywhere. Um I did try to watch this game on ESPN plus 
it was on demand and I got, Oh, I think through the second drive before it gave me a playing playback error Mm. and I couldn't get it to start back. So anyway, one of the things they mentioned was Florida international before going or playing long Island in game one, I think was on an over 600 day streak without a win. Well, they but broke that streak in. They uh, did. <laughs> they, yeah, yeah, they they, put, they they definitely broke that streak. Um, so just, I, I don't really want to go through it because they beat him so soundly. I didn't even really look at the highlights or the box score that much. Um, but game one was versus Long Island. Florida International won forty-eight to ten. And just to give you some reference, West Virginia played Long Island just this past weekend. West Virginia beat them sixty-six to zero. So we'll just kind of gloss over that game a little bit. Um, But game two was against Texas State. And I think we read the score on our instant reaction pod, but I didn't realize it was an overtime Mm. win, Spencer. Um, Yeah, Florida International came up short. They lost 17-23 in overtime. It was heartbreaking fashion, too. Um, They Now here's – I mean – Here's another thing to kind of show that they're well coached. They fell to 10 and 0 in the first quarter. They came back, took a 17-10 lead. Texas State tied it. But in overtime, here's the heartbreaker. Florida International got the ball first, but a strip sack turnover on third and 8 gave Texas State the ball. And mm. so then all Texas State had to do was punch it in in the end zone and that was that. But yeah, I'm just imagine looking for your first. I mean, I can't think of the last time they had an FBS win. Um, but they were on the cusp of it. You get the ball first in overtime. You're at home in front of tens of fans, <laughs> and then you just basically have the same strip sack thing that happened to Tech, but at least it wasn't the first possession in overtime. Yeah. So. Going back, um, they actually had it really close game against Liberty last fall. Um, that's pretty good. I mean, that's weird to say, but Liberty was pretty salty. <laughs> pretty salty. Um, it's, I'm rolling back. They beat Alcorn State. Yeah. Anyways, um, so their offense. So let's uh, let's talk about guys that you'll you'll need to know. Quarterback Max Bortenschlager, what a name. 6'3", 205, redshirt senior. So dude's got some experience. Transferred in from Maryland. Against Texas State this weekend, he went 17 for 34, 259 yards, two touchdowns, and was sacked once. It does look like they like to run the ball. Um, yes, and they should with the, with this guy. Running back Devontae Price, big dude, 6'2", 215, also a senior. He had three touchdowns in the first half versus Liberty. Not Liberty, uh, Long Island. Had Liberty on the mind talking about them. Uh, He carried the ball 23 times this past weekend versus Tech State for 115 yards, just under five yards per carry. Uh, And that was a pretty steady because his longest of those 23 were only 23 yards. So it wasn't that like he broke one for 90 and then a bunch of two yard gains. Um, 
didn't score a touchdown though, but this dude is, is there. He's their every down back. Uh, and then you've got Tyrese Chambers, wide receiver, 6'1", sophomore, first year. He transferred in from Sacred Heart. Um, four catches for 79 yards. Big tight end, also with a great name, Michael, Rivaldo Fairweather. Yes. Love it. 6'5", 245. I uh, was their leading receiver last year. 10 catches for 165 yards. They had a, a short, short season, five games uh, this past weekend, four catches, 54 yards, one touchdown. And one of them, he had an excellent, excellent catch that was taken away in that one of those drives I did get to watch. Uh, so Florida International got the ball second. Texas State went down and, and scored and sure made it look easy, um, but apparently had trouble the rest of the game scoring on on the Panthers. But Rivaldo Fairweather caught a pass that was on that was called back on like a blatant screen. I mean, the, the receivers were, you know, crossing, running opposite directions, midfield. One of them just completely seeked out a defensive back, (laughs) knocked him down. Fairweather caught it and took it almost to the house. He is a big, fast man. And if, if he gets the ball and he gets to moving, um, you know, our defensive backs are going to, need to give it all they've got to bring him down. <laughs> He's but, averaging, yeah, especially if they're, if they're targeting him as much as they have been. Yeah. T- t- Tyrese chambers averaging just under 20 yards per catch. They've got Bryce Singleton averaging 21 yards a catch. Um, they're right there. Uh, Singleton has eight receptions for 168 yards in the season chambers, seven catches for 146. They have three touchdowns between them. As a team, they've run for 459 yards and thrown for 535. So f- pretty balanced. Uh, rushing for 230 yards a game. Now, again, one of those games was against Long Island. Um, but they are they're pretty balanced, man. Yeah, and you know, under the defense side of the ball, speaking of balance, the it was kind of nice to not see a lopsided time of possession. They, the time of possession was pretty much split right down the middle against Texas state. Um, the defense allowed only 107, well, not only, but 171 rushing yards on 44 attempts. I say only because that averages out to four yards per rush. Yes, it was two touchdowns, but man, they were gashed big on the opening drive. Um, they averaged 11 yards per carry. Texas State did. Apparently, there were some mis- mysterious adjustments made after that, but goodness. Um, just watching that drive, you thought, man, Texas State's going to win 35-3 to or something. You just, It just seemed like they were completely outmatched, but they figured out a way to slow it down. So even if, even if Tech's able to run the ball on, an, all, on them at some point, that may not be guaranteed. Uh, the entire game. Uh, they allowed 165 yards passing. That's pretty good. 1831, 9.2 yards per catch. Third down conversion, 5 of 16. Pretty great, which left only one of one on fourth down conversion. So there weren't a lot of um, fourth downs to really even deal with that they wanted to attempt. Red zone, of course, not great. They were They allowed three of all three red zone attempts resulted in scores, but they did have four sacks on the night. Um, 
that could give Tech's struggling offensive line a little bit of pressure up front. Uh, you know, as good as Tech's been able to run the ball here and there, it's it's frustrating that the protection is. I mean, how does that happen, Spencer? How do you have the ability to rush the ball as well as Tech can, but then also not be able to give your quarterback a lot of time in the pocket? How do those things? How <laughs> so can those things coexist? It's been a long time since I was on the. Uh the X's and O's side of the offensive line, it may just have to be your mentality of, uh, you know, as, as, as a pass blocking, you're, you're fairly, this is going to sound stupid, passive and reactive. Whereas when you're run blocking, you're, you're aggressive and you're proactive, right? You're, you're going out, you're seeking out your guy. Whereas pass blocking, you're just accepting the guy, you're absorbing the guy that's in front of you. Um, so maybe it has something to do with that. Maybe it has like the blocking scheme. Uh, it's just not clicking for everybody just yet. Um, I don't know. Cause it, it doesn't make sense. Like if you're able to run, you know, open up lanes for your running backs to run for nine yards per carry, why you can't let your quarterback sit back for more than a couple of seconds. But. Well, I've, I, I did, you know, I just did want to mention it because if they were able to have four sacks, I mean, it, there's there's a chance some of these guys could bust through and wreak a little bit of havoc in the backfield at least a couple times. So, I mean, this is a team, Florida International, they're, they're hard to read exactly, but they have some legit players. I mean, that running back, Devontae Price, is legit. And if he's he's – he looked a lot like Taj Brooks to me when – because some of his touchdowns, especially against Long Island, were that same way where he would just break through, you know, five yards past the line of scrimmage and then just roll untouched uh, all the way down the field, 50, 60 yards, whatever it was. So he's somebody that will test Texas Tech's um, running defense, you know, as good as the rush defense was this week. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was so much the personnel of Stephen F. Austin, or if it was the personnel of Texas Tech. I'm, I'm hoping it was the latter. And so this will be a good test on that for sure. Um, you know, before we get beyond this, I mean, did, did you have any other any other thoughts on Ford International, Spencer? Well, like, like you were saying, it's, it's, it's one of those teams where you're, you're expected to win, expected to win kind of big. Uh, you should win your hopeful that the your performance this past weekend versus SFA is kind of an eye opener. You wake up, uh, you don't take a, a team lightly. You come out firing. Um, and then you're able to continue to, to work on, on pass protection on spreading the ball around through the year on generating a pass rush. Um, you're able to put some of those things together, but no, I, I don't, this, this isn't a team that you, 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 face regularly. This isn't a, a team that you have a lot um, on paper. They're balanced. They're efficient um, and effective. I mean, they, they ran for 141 yards last, last week, uh, only three and a half, three and a half yards per carry. So like that was against the Texas state defense. You would think like, okay, well the Texas tech rush defense has been really good. 
um, maybe you cut that in half or you hold him to a hundred yards rushing or you force Borton Schlager. Oh, I love that name <laughs> to beat you through the air. It just rolls off the tongue. Doesn't um, it? you know, last week he, he threw for two fifty nine, seven and a half yards per catch. Um, so I mean the, the line, it opened up at 21 or 21 and a half. I think it's moved just a little bit to 20 and a half. Um, I guess we'll, we'll go ahead and do our predictions here. I've got Texas Tech winning this by by three touchdowns. I I, I think they, they figure more things out this week. And I'm going to give them exactly 21 points, 38-17. What about you, Michael? I'm slightly more skeptical. I'm, I don't have Tech covering this week. Um, I'm, I've got them winning, but not by that much. I've got them 35-18, so I've got them winning 17. I... Uh, I, I mean, a win is a win. Tech's two and zero. Oh, that's perfect. I'm thrilled because I thought Tech might lay an egg in Houston, and they did for 30 minutes, to be fair. But um, I think that it's a good place to be. Two and zero oh, going into this, of course, and three and zero oh would be great. And I think that's where Tech will be at 10 o'clock on Saturday night. But um, I just don't. I don't trust what that they'll be able to to sustain the big play model that they apparently have going for them the first two games, and until they sh- show otherwise, I'm going to be a little bit standoffish on the offense. And I've got FIU scoring 18 because I mean there's a chance we may cough up some horrible special teams fumble or heck I don't know they're probably going to block a punt and run it back or something. I mean there's going to be something crazy happen. Um, that we can't predict. So that's that's where the 18 comes from. I don't think it's um too crazy to think that. But so so if, you think that at least some of their points are going to be because of something they do on special teams, whether it's a blocked punt or a muff yeah, punt return. I didn't mean to. Well, yes, but I didn't. Yes, but no, I didn't mean to pick on special teams. I meant just like a an error of some sort, something fluky. It's not that their offense is going to drive and be able to put up two touchdowns and a field goal, whatever. Well, (laughs) or yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just curious. Uh, I I didn't know. Well, I'm I'm just kind of, it's just so hard. And maybe it's because we talked about it again for like 30 minutes, because we just, I could not get it out of my head. I'm glad we did. It's, it feels so good to talk about that game, but I think it's, just because of the Stephen F. Austin game is just still lingering in my head of, of all those chances tech gave SFA. They just handed them the ball basically. And, you know, but then, then again, there were those sustained drives and there were those times where, you know, Carthel could have kicked that field goal. Like I mentioned on that first drive or, you know, there were just some other areas where things broke down. But anyway, I, I mean, the 18 points, that doesn't seem crazy to me. And you predicted 17 on offense so for Florida Nationals. So yeah, we'll I mean, see. it's right there. Yeah. And you guys can join us, by the way. You've heard us talk about it, but Spotify Green Room will be the place to be roughly 30 minutes after kickoff this Saturday night. We will go back onto Spotify Green Room. It's the live audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download it and use. You can talk to us. And it is perfect for debates, post-game breakdowns, reacting to breaking news. 
Uh, we had a great time this, these couple of weeks doing this. Thanks to everybody for signing on, uh, throwing in your thoughts. You know, Keith's been on there, Kyle. Brian, newcomer, had some great thoughts this last week. We really appreciated hearing from him. So it's a, it's a free app. You can get it with uh, Android, Apple, talk with other sports fans, insiders, athletes, executives in real time. I'm sure that Jerry Jones is on there somewhere if you want to find him. Actually, I have no idea. But anyway, uh, download Spotify Green Room app. It's free. You can create a profile. You can link your Twitter and join our group. You can follow me, Michael McDonald, or Spencer Rogers. Probably follow Spencer for sure because that he's usually the one that starts the, the room. And if you follow him, you'll be notified when we're going live. We also try to tweet it out from our 23 personnel Twitter account. And join us this Saturday approximately 10, 10, 30 p.m., we will discuss what the heck just happened in Jones AT&T Stadium against Florida International. All right, so looking ahead to some of the, the action around the Big 12 this weekend, actually several of interesting games, Michael. Um, first up, Oklahoma State at Boise State. Oklahoma State opens up. Are they really four and a half point dogs? Yes. Wow. Okay. So I, I double checked. I thought that, that was gonna, a typo. I'm I was like, look at that again while you're talking. <laughs> um, Oklahoma <laughs> State. Make sure. Well, and and I, having watched part of their games both the, the first two weeks, it kind of makes sense. Like, right? They struggled against Missouri State week one. They beat them by one touchdown. And granted, they had they had to rely on their backup quarterback Illinghouse to do it, and then they they never separated themselves from Tulsa this past weekend. Um, it was yep. closer than it should have been. Boise, on the other hand, they they hung in there with future Big 12 member UCF in week one. Oh, by the way, h- how excited are you about UCF, Cincinnati, BYU, and Houston joining? I think I'm excited oh, about yeah. three of the four of those. Suck it, Houston. Couldn't care less <laughs> if you're part of the Big 12. But oh, like, no, see, that's that's the that's the thing I like. That's that passion I like. I <laughs> I really don't like Houston, and it's just so natural for me to continue to not like Houston. It's beautiful. Yeah, like I'm I'm excited about it, and and not that I think that the four of them are going to make the Big Twelve some premier conference. They are best no. available, not currently in a Big Twelve, like in a Power Five conference that was going to pay them lots of money. Uh, lots more money than they, they're going to get in the big 12 best available. So like you went out and you got the best teams that you could UCF Cincinnati and BYU. I think are going to bring a lot of exciting and interesting football and basketball Houston. I, I just don't like them. <laughs> well, so, you can't you, now you can't dismiss that they're going to bring some exciting no, basketball. And, and that's, I, that wasn't the like, no, they're obviously a team that can't are, they're coming off a final four run this year and that they've had your number two, two, two games in a row now uh, where you've played them. Um, but yeah, Oklahoma yeah, state I'm, at Boise state four and a half point dogs. I it's moved to four since I typed that and I typed that earlier today. So now it's at plus four, but yes, Oklahoma state is the dog and Boise I, state. I mean, the best thing they've done is blow a big lead to UCF. So I'm not sure why they're getting so much love at home against Oklahoma State. But, you know, we'll see. Maybe it's that much of a statement against Oklahoma State. 
don't know. That one would be that's one of the interesting games. Old uh, Big East rivals, Virginia Tech at West Virginia. West Virginia somehow a favorite by three points in this game. Really took a lot of stock into that sixty-six to nothing win against Long Island. So, and um, Virginia Tech's ranked like fifteenth, aren't they? <laughs> like, that's a great question. I don't know. I I, I thought they were. Um, but yeah, so Virginia Tech on the road this weekend against West Virginia. West Virginia is a three-point favorite at home. That one could be interesting. Iowa State bouncing back from the the loss against the Hawkeyes, the team that Matt Campbell can't seem to figure out. Nearly a 31-point favorite on the road in Las Vegas. This one, like, if, if I'm... If I'm betting, which I, I don't, I, I just, I can't get into it. I'm it's, it's the, the uncertain nature of like, you can feel really good. You can look at all the analytics and be like, oh man, this is exactly how this game's going to go. And then it goes like the more confident you are in something, it's the less likely it's going to happen. Oh, gosh. so like yes, I would, I would hammer right. UNLV to cover 31 points for against Iowa state. Cause I would say there's no way Iowa State's going to score that many points. But then I saw like UNLV, UNLV has been hammered this year already. Like they've, they've had not a great start to 2021. Well, and I was coming on here prepared to just, gosh, when was the last time Iowa State scored 31 points? <laughs> and yeah, I would, I would, didn't have to look very far. It happened a lot last year. Um, they scored, of course they won, uh, they beat Texas Tech 31 to 15, but we don't have to go there. What I was trying to say was, I thought, man, I don't know if they could cover a 31-point spread, but they beat Kansas State 45 to nothing last year. Of course, now I think Kansas State's... What? That was that was post-Skyler Thompson. You see, he went down again? He went down against Tech. Oh, he went down this, this, this year, yes. This past he weekend. This last week. Non-contact yes. injury, apparently, too. Yeah, that's rough, man. I mean, just rough no matter what, especially a guy that's been around that long to so, yeah, I mean, still have those injury issues. They, I would they state West Virginia 42 to six. Couldn't oh, believe that. Yeah. Okay. So like, yes, Iowa state can score 31. They can cover 31. UNLV wasn't beaten as bad as I thought they were. They, they lost to Arizona state 37 to 10. They did lose to Eastern Washington FCS power in overtime in week one, week zero, whatever it would be. Um, I just, that's, that's a huge number. Nevada at Kansas state. Kansas state is a dog at home to Nevada. Yeah. Yep. I double checked. Skylar Thompson, the power of starting quarterback being on the bench. Uh, Rice at Texas. Texas is a 25 point, sorry, 25 point favorite. I think Rice is the team I was thinking about when I was thinking about UNLV. Rice has been hammered. Houston demolished rice this past weekend. And you got that weird picture of uh, Dana Holgerson out by the pool afterwards. Yeah. With the trophy, whatever, yeah. whatever trophy it's like it an is. Ice bucket What's it something? called? What's like the rice Houston trophy? I got to find it. Is it the, the chancellor's goblet? Is it the, is there, is there an oil derrick involved? The Bayou bucket, the ugliest trophy in sports is what it's called. Texas is a 24 and a half point favorite. I like even with that big number, I would take Texas uh, first conference game of the year. Baylor at Kansas. Baylor is a 17 point favorite. 
That's disrespectful. That is an ugly trophy, and it makes me love it more. I'm sorry. I'm completely coming back to the, the Bayou Bucket. It is it is literally a beat-to-hell bronzed-slash-golden bucket on top of some wood. I mean, you know, by some wood, I mean, you know, trophy stuff. It's it's great. It's fantastic. That bucket looks like it's older than Texas Tech University. I, I would I would venture a guess that like Houston has the all time series over Rice. You would think. <laughs> you you would think. Especially recently. Like they've got the recent I don't know. That's that's ridiculous. So Baylor on the road, seventeen point favorite to Kansas. Kansas did seem like they had they were figuring out their offensive identity with like running with their quarterback Bean. Uh, he seemed to be doing pretty well against Coastal Carolina, and it was out of hand. Can Baylor cover seventeen points on the road at Kansas? Probably, but I don't know. Sure, I mean everybody had him winning seven eight games this year, right? <laughs> Something like that. Uh, the game that's sparked Texas and Oklahoma leaving for the SEC, Nebraska at Oklahoma, because they couldn't get it not at eleven a.m. Oklahoma 22 point favorites as big as that line is like probably not big enough. Nebraska has looked bad. That's, that's the, I mean, that's the whole argument, right? Is people want to watch the competitive game at the competitive time. People aren't going to tune in for, to see a 22 ass kicking of a former big eight school that, you know, college kids don't even remember was in the same conference. This was 35 years ago. Not yeah. 35, 25. I can't do math. No one cares, <laughs> but, but apparently, Oh, you really cares that they're, you know, that they're drumming of poor old Nebraska who lost to Illinois and Illinois lost to UTSA. Who at home? no, yeah, Illinois went to Nebraska and won, right? That was in no. Lincoln, wasn't it? No, it, it was at home. Oh, it was at home. Anyway, I just, I, I just, you know, OU clutching their pearls over. Well, if only they had played this game at night, we wouldn't have had to F up the entire Big 12. I mean, we just had to do it. Like, no one gives a shit to watch this game. <laughs> it's 11 a.m. It's 11 a.m. for a reason. It's going to be over at halftime. Who cares? Yeah. Weird corn husker thing over there, aired up, <laughs> looking all weird and bouncing on his head. And like he grabs his fake suspenders and does like, like uh, beat his chest. And like crunches his body in upon itself. Like, he, like, like it's a black hole. And then it just, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's put that on prime time. Let's put that at seven o'clock. People are dying to watch this. No one cares. End of rant. <laughs> All right. Uh, note to self, avoid that topic for Michael. Um, 11 a.m. kickoffs. So what? <laughs> like, you know how many 11 a.m. kickoffs we have? It's like, you know how many Texas Tech has had? Yeah, I do know <laughs> how many you have because we've been part of them. Yeah. Um, and then Florida International at Texas Tech is the last game of the conference slate. TCU is the only team not playing this week. Um, okay. Well so to break after that nail biter against, was it Cal? Yeah. Yeah. They were 11 point favorites and end up winning by two. Yeah. 
So that Nebraska OU matchup is going up against, they're going to be on Fox going up against Texas A&M hosting New Mexico, Cincinnati <laughs> at Indiana, yeah. Virginia tech at West Virginia on FS. Oh yeah. And when we talked about early in the season, FS one is not going to get you eyes. How is that game seems so much more interesting to me? Why is it on I mean, FS1? That, Why is old, it on? If, if you're talking, okay, here we are. If you're talking, <laughs> well, you know, it's an old conference rival. Well, there's one right there, people, and they put it on FS1, and it's supposed to be an actual good game. Like, I'm not sure if, why if that's... They do this when they set the schedule. I mean, this rosters haven't changed that much since May or whatever it was. No. Like... The game I'm about to say that's on ESPN two. I'm not sure why Virginia Tech is not on ESPN two. Coastal Carolina at Buffalo is on ESPN two at that same time slot. Yeah, put that yeah. on FS no, I mean, plus or ESPN plus. <laughs> Michigan <laughs> State just at, made up a channel. <laughs> Michigan State at Miami could be interesting on ABC. Northern Illinois at no, uh, at at Michigan. Oh my gosh. Northern Illinois at Michigan, Chattanooga at Kentucky, Southeast Missouri State at Missouri, Tennessee Tech at Tennessee, Western Michigan at Pittsburgh. Like, there's nothing else against against that 11 a.m. kick. Nebraska OU, like they, yes, you are on at 11. You will have the highest rating for that time slot. Oh sure, I mean you're on the Big Fox. You're on. The big nooner. You're, you're compete. Yeah, the big nooner. You, you're competing against the FS1 game, and then of course ABC. That ABC game. What was that? Michigan State, Miami. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, um the, but Cincinnati, Indiana on ESPN. Oh, that's right. That's no, right. You I mean, that you're not going to pull on. that. That's true. You're, you're not going to beat that. I mean, sorry, you will beat that. Yeah. It's just, it's, I think it's going to be one of those games that I wish they could track people changing the channel. <laughs> and when it happens. Yeah. Cause if it's truly, you know, if they're favored by 22 and OU is good, there's no two ways about it. I would be very surprised if they don't cover that um, at home, all that junk. But I, I would just love to see, okay, how many people just switched over to Virginia Tech and, West Virginia, because it was within four, as opposed to, okay, all right, OU's up 35 to three at halftime. Let's see what else is happening, and then never come back. Anyway, just, yeah, take your 11 a.m. kickoffs, deal with it. We've <laughs> learned to love them. I kind of prefer them sometimes. You just, you have so much more time left for activities. You can go do all the cool fall stuff. You can go out to the maze. I'm sure there's a damn maze or something in Norman. I don't know. It's not cool enough for the maze. Okay. So that's CBS game. When we talk about TV ratings uh, and how they, they dominate it. Cause it's like the game of the week for ES. Sorry for sec Alabama at Florida. Oh this yes, weekend. sir. CBS two thirty. Yeah. I'm watching that. Enjoy it while you can CBS. All right. Uh, Michael, let's, uh, let's get to questions. And then wrap this up with what we learned. Now, are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? I'm Ron Burgundy. Damn it! Who t- 
typed a question mark on the teleprompter. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, so first up, we wanted to see what you guys... We asked what you guys wanted to see this weekend. Kyle Lang, at sports underscore Kyle Lang, said, one, you're both masochists if you're going back over the SFA game. Yeah, well... Sorry, we had like 40 minutes there, Kyle. Yeah, we did. I like to see a lot of sustained drives on offense. Yeah, I would too. I, I want to... I don't want to get away from Ezukanma. I don't want to get away from Brooks. I just want to see more of Geiger. I want to see more of Price. Well, and that was like the the knock against Yost was it felt like Yost was just forcing it. He wasn't taking advantage of the hot hand, or it wasn't taking advantage of the of the of the matchup outside, or or wasn't acknowledging that Tech had flipping wide receivers that were running at the sidelines. You know, just they didn't exist. So we don't want to come off that way like well. I mean, you just can't throw it to as a comma every down. Like, well, I mean, sure, go for it. Do it till it quits working, but it's not going to be sustainable. <laughs> at some no. point, it will quit working to an extent. And then he finishes up. It seems the O-line isn't great at pass blocking. I'm not sure why that's, that's strange, but decent at run blocking. Maybe run first this week. Yeah, I want to see like, I want to see Taj Brooks run for like six and a half or seven yards per carry but carry it like 15 or 20 times. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, I hope Tech's into in a position where they're not, you know, where Tech has the ball, the last drive. Um, they're up 35-17 or something like we're, we're talking about. And they throw Sir Roderick Thompson in there and let him get, you know, the old rust off or whatever you want to call it. But I, I would rather him play a few snaps this week, then just go right in in Austin. But who knows? That may be just the hand he's dealt, and that's what he's going to have to do. But, yeah, let's let's try to run the ball a little bit more. They're effective at it, and it's a weapon. It's a definite weapon with these running backs. For sure. Alan Corbin says, I want to see Tech wrap up a game by the third quarter. Oh, so does So does my heart. Yeah, I, I'd love not, to see this. Not my emotional heart, but my <laughs> physical heart. My my cardiologist wants me to see a game wrapped up in the third quarter. He's he's worried. Yeah, I have this game be three plus scores out at halfway through the third quarter. Like, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing. So I I was looking through, uh, the the replies here. And unrelated to this, it just showed a tweet from Derek Jones. Well, sorry. Before I get there, we had one more submission from Colt. Reckham Colt. O-line playing as a unit and not giving up sacks or a lot of quarterback pressure. I'm not sure why I said it that way. Shuck making good decisions and spreading the ball around to other receivers besides EZ. Rhythm on offense, driving down the field and getting off the field on third down on defense. So yeah, every, everybody's one. seeing it. Everybody sees like all these things that we just wanted. And it's like, I'm not sure what the button is to push to get all these things happening, but it doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility to say, throw it to Geiger. He was really yeah. good at Troy. Throw it to Mannix. Throw it to yeah. Koontz. Dalton Rigdon is quick as hell. Let's give him the ball. Let's yeah. see what happens. You want to throw the ball downfield? Throw it to the guy that like, you can't out throw. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Okay, so this this tweet from Derek Jones is like caught my eye. If your team won and you're upset about your role or lack of playing time, understand this. Your team doesn't need you. Regardless of what you think or others are putting into your head, you have the role you've earned or deserve. Expect nothing but to earn everything. I wonder who he's talking to. Damn, that that is subtweeting somebody or s- several somebodies. I don't know. Yeah. All right, Michael, let's, uh, let's get to what we learned. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. I'll let you go first on this one. All I really learned is something I probably already knew deep inside my soul for a while anyway. Spencer, I'm a wing snob. I am a wing snob. What does that mean? We threw away some wings the other day. Who? We ordered some wings from a newer pizza establishment in town. I'm not going to blast their name because I don't want to. I'll tell you off air. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I, have no I can't wait. Telling you. I can't wait. <laughs> because I will not recommend this place, but I also don't want to just completely trash them in, in a recording forever. Anyway, ordered pizza and wings because we thought that's what you do. It's and it, it was for the tech game. It was Saturday night. Sure. My wife was kind enough to, she was heading, coming back from her folks and it's like, Hey, I'll pick up pizza and wings on the way back. And I'm like, you're an angel. That's fantastic. Comes home. Pizza was, it was okay. It was fine. <laughs> the wings, the wings, I ate one wing. I threw the bone in the garbage. And then I told my wife, I was like, I'm going to throw all these away. If you don't like them, she didn't like them either. We threw them all away. Oh no. They were just steamed. I, I don't even know how you cook them. It, it was like they must have been I don't think they were fried at all. I'm thinking they were possibly baked. But like at 300 or 275 or something. I mean, but then, low and slow. But but then yeah, but then like basted as they were baked cuz the, the skin had no crisp. It was just rubbery skin. They were already cold. Um they were terrible. And so then we went to another place and because we had been in this place, we really liked, but I'm not going to say their name either just because it sounds worse than it is. Um, we ordered flatbread and wings there too. Cause we're like, we got to have some wings. That was just such a bad experience. And you know what? They were really good. I really enjoyed them. But the whole time I was thinking, and I will name drop here, man, I wish they were wing stop. I feel like Wingstop has they, the yeah. best, most consistent wings that you can get. They, they've got the crisp. They're still juicy in the middle. They've got great seasonings. Um, they're not the, the gigantic weird Franken wings. They're kind of just a normal sized wing. You don't feel like this chicken would have, you know, beat you up in a fight <laughs> if y'all were in a dark alley together. So, that's what I've learned. I think I'm a wing snob Spencer. I don't know what to do about it. So on, on your wing stop point, it's like, I I've tried other wing places and, and it's, it's a mix of just inconsistency or just not having the flavors. I like I there, there have been times when I got wing stop. It's like, I wish they had a different flavor. Cause I, I, I get it just sure. a couple of flavors. I, I usually get atomic if I'm feeling like my stomachs can handle it. <laughs> Cause I like the taste, um, but it usually give me some kind of cramping afterwards and I don't, oh, I hate it. I hate that <laughs> reaction, but I, I love to eat it. 
Um, I wish they still had the lemon pepper hot or wet. Um, yes, I, I missed out on that. I missed that whole thing from, from, uh, Wingstop. I, and I, I know you, you can make it yourself. You just get their, their normal Buffalo and just add your lemon pepper seasoning. Um, their mango habanero, like I, I've tried it several times. It's not hot. It's just like straight sweet. And maybe just like that batch of sauce was like, this is supposed to be like their second hottest sauce. And it was just sweet to me. I don't like their Cajun seasoning on the wings. I like on the fries. Um, but anyways, it, it, when I order wings from there, I get atomic or the regular Buffalo and lemon pepper. The rest of them I couldn't, I don't care for. Um, I've tried other places. I just, I just, I want to find a good hot, hot Buffalo and I can't find a place that does it. But yeah, I'm so I'll be interested to hear uh, what this place is. We've tried several different uh, wings in the air fryer recipes. And I, I, I've seen other people say, I've tried all all the different recipes and here's the one that does it. What gets me is like, no matter how you cook a wing, it takes freaking forever. And I I have no patience (laughs) for it. Um, like in an air fryer, it's like it just, le- just, just pay, just pay somebody, just pay somebody, make, make me some wings. Like it legit takes 30 to 40 minutes to, to, to air fry these things. It yes. would take that long to, to bake them too. And like if you air fry them, you got to like spray them with a little bit of oil and then dust them with baking, no cornstarch Then your seasoning. And it, it's a mess, dude. Like, yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I think that. Okay, I'm I'm here on Wingstop's website because, I mean, let's go all in. I think one of the things I like about them, it's not their Cajun. Their Cajun is not as hot, like you said, and I always get it confused. That's why I had to come here. The Cajun is a wet seasoning. They have a Louisiana rub, which is a dry seasoning. And the Louisiana rub, yeah, it's not really hot either, but man it is one of our favorite constant go-tos for wing stop. So if you ever want to try that, you might give it a shot, but yeah, I'm like you, I'm looking for a, I am not a thrill seeker, you know, Scoville scale junkie or something, but, but man, we, we ordered, I'll say this one. We ordered Hooters wings a while back for carry out. And wow, I was not impressed. Except my wife had, they have like different methods that they have at Hooters now. They have like grilled slash smoked wings Mm -hmm. and then they have fried ones and they have the naked ones. And then they, you know, so they have different cooking methods. She wasn't that crazy about her grilled slash smoked wings, but man, I was. And I think it was a high compliment to, to, it doesn't sound like it, but um, it tasted like something your friend would have grilled like on his gas smoker or something like a really good grilled ring wing. I had no problem with it, but then I got like the original hot and was like, this is the mildest, mildest hot I've ever had. And of course it was just, yeah. Anyway, wing stop still the best. I'm a wing snob. Sorry. I think I completely over overtook this. <laughs> It's fine. We, I'm, I'm we talking about wings too much. I'm on Sorry, board body. If y'all tuned out. <laughs> um, yeah, I like, I like the last, so the last time I've had Hooters wings, I was in Phoenix on a conference. And I was just like, it was across the street from the hotel and it was late. I was like, 
I just want wings. It's right there across the street. I'm going to order takeout. And I can't remember which ones I got, but they were, they were really good. Uh, the, they have three mile Island, which is a traditional Buffalo sauce, but it's like they're one of their hottest. They have spicy garlic. And it feels weird to talk about I like think there's, I think there's second, like I, I think as far as consistency, even though my experience wasn't great, I think if we're talking chains, they are second to Wingstop in my head. And I'm, I'm sad that uh hub city wings closed. Cause they, they were, they were, a pretty yeah. good local place here. They, I think they had too many flavors. Like I couldn't decide. I was like, I just, just give me, give me hot wings. All right. I just want hot wings. Um, I think, I think cap rock cap rocks down in dirty ring. Oh, those garlic habaneros. Yeah. Super underrated. There's some of the best wings in town. They're up there, man. All right. I think with that though, all that talk about wings. I mean, we, we are a, a food podcast. Uh, after I've got, all. To, I've got to bring us back to our roots, man. That'll Spread do those it. wings and fly. That'll do it for us on the 23 Personnel Podcast. Get you ready for the Florida International Panthers. Six o'clock post game, about 10 o'clock over on Spotify Green Room. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.